A fabringen in Yiddish, a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avtson Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. It is a pleasure to be with you on this day. We are a few hours after Yom Kippur. Thank God, feeling uh, good enough and inspired enough to be able to be with you. Usually after a fast day, it's not exactly the most... Gosh, it's not. It physically, it doesn't feel so manly, inspiring to get on the radio. But thank God, the fast this year was uplifting. Yom Kippur was an uplifting day, and I hope it was uplifting for you. Once again, um, the human spirit surprises. I remember after Pesach, receiving so many messages of people telling me that, despite the fact that it was the most unusual seder of their life, many people said it was the most meaningful. And a similar thing took place this morning when I'm getting messages of people about the Yom Kippur and three quarters or two thirds of the community chose not to come to Shul and them describing me the Yom Kippur they had at home. And obviously there were those who say that the Yom Kippur just felt like a major lack and something was missing from their life. But on the other hand, received so many messages of rabbi that was so meaningful. I sat down and read the whole Machsor for hours Four hours, five hours, six hours. I didn't get my eyes out of the machzor. I, I didn't speak to anybody. There was no one to speak to. And again, it's fascinating, the human spirit, how things that we think are impossible are just impossible until we're forced to do them, and then we discover they're possible. And how the anxiety and the worry of doing something is so much more than the actual event. In other words, so many of us were worried, what will Rosh Hashanah look like for those who are not in shul, and even those in shul. And even people who came to shul, and this year they didn't have a choir. So many people told me it was so meaningful, the quick services, but it was focused and social distancing and masks on the faces. So there was very little talking, if no talking, and just meditative and quick enough that a person's mind didn't feel like it was going a million places. Again, if I had told you a year ago that the show will be a quarter full. Everyone will sit masks, no choir, um, and just the dynamic with everybody paranoid of getting sick, that it would still be a meaningful chag. Would you have believed it? I wouldn't have. Why? Because our mind cannot get around things it's never been used to. They say a legend. There's no way to prove the legend or not, but it does resonate at least somewhat. The legend goes that when Columbus and his whole group of uh, ships, steamships, came and rested at the uh, American harbor. The natives did not see ships coming. And what that means is that because it was so out of their worldview that such a thing, a steamship exists, they literally couldn't see it. It was just something so beyond unbelievable that their mind couldn't comprehend it. So in many ways, they maybe just saw a blur, but they couldn't get their head around, that's a ship that's coming. Just try to imagine the first time somebody sees an airplane and they have no idea that an airplane was even invented, and all they know that flies in the sky is birds, there would be a real um, dichotomy in their brains, really trying to make sense if they could even see it. Because again, whether it's a physical thing or an, a mental thing, again, so even if that story is not true, but mentally it's true, that we cannot, we cannot imagine what we don't see. And 
sometimes it's so out of our comfort zone that we just convinced ourselves it cannot happen. And then it does. And what do we discover? Amazing things. That it can happen. That the human being, Hashem gave us within our nature, that we make a plan, that we figure out, that we adjust. And to see how many of the community, if not that everybody, has adjusted to this new reality and made something meaningful for themselves. The amount of people who took classes this year before Shan Yom Kippur to make sure that they're in the zone because this year they knew they cannot rely on the Chazan and Rabbi, they have to rely on themselves. The amount of people who set up their home in a way that there could be a reflective space, etc., etc. The amount of effort people put in to make their Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur meaningful is unprecedented. And that bore results. Again, is that ideal? No, but what the truth is, what is ideal? After living in COVID for seven months, we know that this is not ideal, but we also know that what we were living with before was far from ideal as well. And we're starting to imagine that maybe ideal looks like something else. Maybe ideal is not what we define. And I just want to share that at the end of Yom Kippur last night, at Ne'ilah, final service, I got up and I, you know, shared with the community. It was very much words that came at the moment rather than prepared. You just saw a group of people, 150, 200 people, sitting in shul, fasted for 24 hours. There was an elation. And I said, many of us, when we think of inspiration, we think of inspiring people, inspiring moments in their lives. We hear Holocaust stories and we hear of incredible tenacity, cancer survivors, extreme sportsmen, people who do incredible things in their life, and we're like, wow. But perhaps after the year 2020 and the year 5780, and the beginning of this year, 5781, there's a whole new inspiring figure in our life, and that's ourselves. That means in the future, please God, when things return to what we considered normal, and we're going to need inspiration because the human being often put, is put in situations either by, by mistake we put ourselves or Hashem puts us in situations that we literally feel like we're on our knees. It pushes us. And to inspire ourselves, all we could think about is ourselves in the year 2020. How did I cope? In other words, no longer is the inspiring figure somebody else. After these seven months, the hero is you. The truth is, even before these seven months, the hero might have been you, but maybe it wasn't so easy to see. But now, each and every one of us standing here, listening, you're on the radio, you're still interested, you're hopefully seeking inspiration. The fact that you're still here, after Rosh Hashanah, the end of September, months and months, pretty much almost our whole 2020 in this in this scenario... And you're still here and you're still optimistic and you're still looking for inspiration. That is the biggest inspiration. You and I are the biggest inspiration of this year. So yes, it still feels inspiring to hear other people's stories. But perhaps reflect on your own story now. On what you discovered of yourself the past 12 months. Because it is not a question in my mind that each and every one of us is a better person today than we were 12 months ago. There might be certain parts of ourselves that aren't better. There might be certain things that were more, became even worse. There might be certain elements of us that were exasperated. Our stress levels, our anger, etc. But at the same time, there's no question that there's parts of you and I that have bettered this year. 
we are not the same people that we were last year. In many ways, we are better. We are a better version of ourselves. And why am I talking about this? Obviously, because we're just in the lead up of Yom Kippur, but also because what we're going into next in just over 72 hours, we start Sukkot, the most joyous Chag, Zman Simchatenu, the time of our joy. And what are we celebrating in 2020? That's really the question. And I think the first answer to that question is yourself. What you've shown up for. Sukkot is a lead up. It's a, sorry, a follow up to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. It's whatever we accomplished during that time that Sukkot now manifests those same feelings that maybe till now were coming across as intense and serious are now manifest as joy. But ultimately, what we're celebrating is the journey we've been on. And gosh, what a journey you and I have been on. We've all been on a journey this year. We have all been taken someplace and we've all taken ourselves someplace. Some things were out of our control, but then we chose to keep things in our control and we pushed ourselves. And that's really what we celebrate here on Sukkot. What we're celebrating first and foremost in this year is the journey we've been on, which I want to explore with you a bit more. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Shul, and it is a privilege and an honor to be with you less than 24 hours after Yom Kippur and just over 72 hours before Sukkot. In an incredible time, we're told that these four days are days of spirituality, and they correspond, according to Jewish mystics, to the four letters of God's name, the Yud, the He, the Vav, and the He. And that's why this day specifically, which is the first of the four, is called Gatz Naman, God's name. It's a Yiddish term for today, which is a very powerful energy. And what we've been talking about, and really trying to get into the zone, is joy in 2020. And the perspective of what is there to be joyous. You know, till now, the past seven months it was, how are we going to do Pesach in lockdown? How are we going to do Shavuot? How are we going to do Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur? But here's the issue with all of them. No issue. I mean, I have nothing personal against any of them, but they're <laughs> they're not holidays of joy necessarily. Of course, you're supposed to have joy on Pesach and Shavuot, but this Man Simchatenu, the time of our true, our true joy is Sukkot. And if you remember, Purim was just before lockdown. So the last major happy Chag we had pre-lockdown. So this is the first Chag of joy that we really are going to deal with in lockdown. And for me, that's a harder question than what's going to be Rosh Hashanah lockdown. You know why? Because being serious is not hard. <laughs> Think about it. It's not so hard. People are fasting on Yom Kippur or people are sitting in shul for a while on Rosh Hashanah. Or people just know that Rosh Hashanah is a serious day. And for most, uh, most of us, unless we're totally hyper characters or a bit tipsy, most of us, seriousness comes easier than joy. Some people, some people know how to laugh. Some people are comedians. Often the comedians are the ones that, are, that, that need the jokes more than anything. It's a famous uh, story that goes around that this fellow shows up to his clergyman and says, I'm depressed. And the clergyman says, you know, there's this comedian down the block who just keeps everybody on their feet laughing. Why don't you go talk to the comedian? He says, hey, sir, I'm the comedian. <laughs> often that's where comedy comes from, our own grappling with darkness. But the point is, most of us have an easier time being serious than being joyous. 
So how to do Rosh Hashanah lockdown was a technical question, but to feel serious and to feel a bit heavy is not is not a ultimate human aspiration. The the real challenge is joy in this environment. Like what do you do when you are supposed to be dancing on Simchas Torah and you can't hold anybody's hand and you can't really sing because you're not allowed to project your voice and you're not allowed to eat any food and you're not allowed to be within two meters of anybody. How does that work? That's a bigger question than how to do Yom Kippur in lockdown. It's a much bigger question because what do you actually do to be joyous? And the truth is, if I remember the conversation we had on last year's February and just before Simchas Torah, it's never been easy to get us to be joyous. It's not as if any other year it's like, yeah, come on, let's get into it. You see how hard, I mean, just think about the amount of effort we try to put in as shuls and communities to try to get people into the vibe. And still, it's such a challenge. You often see, you invite people to Simchas Torah evening, you offer them tons of food and tons of some shuls, a lot of whiskey, some shuls a little less, but you offer people something to drink or just a cocktail and a little wine. And you're just trying to get people in the vibe. And within a half an hour, everybody's 80% of the crowd's leaving. And you're like, guys, like seriously, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, I was able to keep you for four hours. And over here, I'm trying to create a vibe. Please stay. And it's a challenge. It's a real, real challenge. Why? Because... Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, the vibe of seriousness is not so hard. We expect a, a serious vibe. But Simchas Torah, what do you want me to sing a bunch of songs that I don't know what, how to sing to and dance without music and uh, gender separated and, you know, some Jewish dances on tunes. That I, like, what do you want from me, Rabbi? Seriously, like, like, what do you want? Good question. What do I want? In other words, it's not what I want. What does Judaism want? When it comes to Purim and Simchas Torah, Sukkot, which are times of joy, what does Judaism want? Especially now. The big question of 2020, at least religious-wise, was not how to do Yom Kippur. That was a logistical question. How many people in the room? How much singing from the Chazan? Choir, no choir, etc. The question of Sukkot and Simchas Torah is the real question of COVID 2020. How are you going to be joyous? Because if every year we struggle to be joyous, and with that's with the the vibe that she'll try to create on Simchas Torah and a bit of music during Sukkot that comes, it's Purim, try to make Purim parties. You're like pulling people's teeth. Oh, I'm spending 100K on the celebration. Please, I'm going to make rides for your kids. I'm going to make costumes for the adults. It's going to be delicious food. Ah, pull people. Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, okay, people, here's a choir, here's your seat, here's your ticket, here's your membership, Zayman Gesund, and people show up anyway. Isn't it ironic? I mean, it's beautiful that people show up on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, no way, in, in no way putting that down. But wouldn't it be nice if we also came on the times of joy? And that's a question for 2019 and 2018. But in 2020, like, is joy even on the radar? Yes, Shalmala Daber, is there anything to talk about? Is it, is it, a subject even worth discussing. And here's the, the funny thing. It's, it's actually not funny. It's more sad than funny, but maybe it's funny because it's so sad. And that is, we don't, many of us don't associate joy with religion. Most of us associate joy with frivolity, with letting loose, going to a bar, going to a concert, something wild, rock and roll, pop, you know, just getting in the zone, 
taking a bit of whiskey, getting like, you know, losing it, letting loose, not exactly living up to the highest standard. Like the kind of thing that if you saw a rabbi there, you'd be like, rabbi, you really don't belong here. So when most of us associate joy, we're, we're kind of associating in the space. You know, like it's the, the time at, at many weddings when it, the, they bench, they do the Birchat HaMazon, and you see all the rabbis get up and leave, and now it's the time for the mixed dancing and the DJ, and all the rabbis are like, Rabbi, I really don't think this is your vibe. Thanks for the invite, and thanks for showing up. We really appreciate it, but now it's 9.30, 9.45. Cheerios, have a good day. So most of us associate joy with wildness and wildness with uh, letting loose and not necessarily high religiosity appropriate. So when it comes to joy and you see a bunch of people, you know, a rabbi with his black hat or a bunch of frummies in your shul trying to, you know, dance with the Torah, you're like, oh my gosh, people, what a terrible imitation. If you guys want to know the real thing, it's with real music, it's with real moves, it's with uh real drinks this oh my gosh this is terrible and that's what i really feel many people walk in they come in like hoping that super story is going to look a little bit like their bar something that they're used to and then they walk in and they're like again oh gosh like seriously that tune and you're like no no people this is not how joy happens joy happens when you let loose Really? Is that what Judaism says? The funny thing is that it's a bigger mitzvah to be joyous than be serious. So Judaism, I mean, it's huge. Hashem says, and according to the Baal Shem Tov, he explains the verses in the book of Deuteronomy, that so many of the challenges that we went through in our history is because we never served Hashem with joy. That joy is a fundamental for Judaism. And the famous statement of Rabbi Nachman Abresa, mitzvah gedolah tamid. It's a big mitzvah to be with simcha. But joy is fundamental. Tov lev tamid, the Jewish law says. It's good to always be joyous and celebratory. So if joy is the way we imagine joy, and yet at the same time, Judaism tells us to be joyous, where's the crossover? How do those two match? When does one meet the other? It's a paradox because Judaism tells you to be joyous and yet the only way to do joy is to be dancing on the beach. And that's not really Jewish appropriate, so what's the answer? So I think the first thing we have to clarify is letting loose is not necessarily joy. In Hebrew, there's two different words. There's simcha, joy, and there's holilus, holilut, which is just frivolity and letting loose. And Judaism never looked positively on Hilalus. The point is not to just let go and go wild and just, you know, lose yourself in the moment and like do all your, that's, joy is something that has to come from a place of values, not from a place that we downgrade our values. Cause the irony is if the joy comes from me letting loose, me drinking too much, me dancing in an inappropriate space, in an inappropriate manner, then ultimately the joy is coming from me lowering my standards. How, how remotely can that be true joy? That's just animalistic. If I'm not living to my highest self when I'm joyous, now I might be having fun, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong to have fun, but there's no question that if my highest standards and my joy don't meet, 
then obviously I'm not understanding joy. Because joy has to meet a space within me where I'm, I am at my holiest and purest self. But yet most of us have this imagination that seriousness, that religion has an image of seriousness. That's why most of us, when we think of Judaism, it's Yom Kippur, it's Rosh Hashanah, it's circumcision. It's these hectically serious emotional stuff. Even the chuppah, the chuppah's Jewish, but the dancing later, whatever, fine, we'll dance the horror once or twice, but then we're going to have the real fun, because like, you know, Judaism, you're really good at the serious moments, I have to say, you, Judaism does Yom Kippur like nobody else does, Rosh Hashanah, oh, class act, but when it comes to joy, and like, you know, Yippurim, Simchas Torah, no, don't even try, don't even try, but yet Judaism says, no, Letting loose is not joy. Going wild is not joy. Joy has to come from a place from within of which I am celebrating something of my values. That my values are expressing themselves through joy. Because the truth is, that's the, the truest joy you'll ever feel is at a, at a religious experience. Not everyone. Some times, as we said, you come in and you don't feel it. But sometimes you'll you'll walk into a wedding, you'll walk into a, a togetherness, you'll walk into a fabringen at home, you'll walk into a place of 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 people who are in the zone, and that is when you'll feel joy. For me, the ultimate you know experience of joy is as a child remembering you know going to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I was a young child, and and I remember as a six-year-old, seven-year-old. My father used to take me on Simchas Torah and take me to the Rebbe's synagogue. And I would sit there literally half a meter from where the Rebbe danced. There was like the Rebbe would dance in the center of the shul. And around him was what was called a ches because it was in the shape. It was like a three-sided shape of tables. And then the other, the other side was open so the Rebbe could walk through. So he would walk from the front of the shul and then walk towards this ches. And he would dance there. And I would sit on the table. My father got a spot where I would literally sit on the table. And I would literally be able to kiss the Torah in the Rebbe's hand. Now, in that room, so in the men's section, there was most probably eight to 10,000 people in a room that could fit 2,000. Definitely not the COVID uh, socially distance appropriate. And the women's section was on top, a few thousand there. And the Rebbe would wave his hand and dance. And as he waved his hand, 10,000 people and then the woman on top, everyone was just jumping. And when I mean jumping, you you literally the, the, the roof was shaking. They used to bring this big, big truck. This is the early 90s, late 80s. This big truck that used to pump air into the room just so people could breathe. Like this massive air conditioning trucks. And you would just have 10,000, thousands of people just jumping just by the wave of the Rebbe's hand. And, and he would take the place to such ecstasy. I'm sorry, nothing in the so-called, you know, fun world could compare. That was, that was a joy that came from, you saw a real Jew who was having real joy on this day of Simchas Torah and you just tapped into that energy. You, you you fell into that energy. You were just enveloped in something huge. That's joy. 
Joy is, is a part that brings out your best self. It's you walk out an hour later, two hours later, and you're feeling more proud in who you are and what you stand for than you did two hours ago. Not you walk out two hours later and you have a hangover and you're not sure who you danced with and what you were saying and you're like, ah. and you wake up the next day maybe knowing that you had a good time but not feeling upgraded as a spiritual being. Joy is, is the highest expression of spirituality. Even higher than seriousness. That's why Yom Kippur is called Kippur. It's like the day of Purim, because Purim celebrates it through joy. And, and, and Yom Kippur compares it, it, celebrates it through seriousness. And joy is a higher level. And Sukkot and Simchas Torah, which are coming up, they are the ultimate level. Joy is Jewish. And if we haven't discovered it yet, then let's go on that journey. Because most of us know how to do serious religion. But very few of us know how to do joyous religion. Would love to hear your thoughts. 34519. My name is Rabbi Levi Afsin. This is Linksfield. Sorry, this is the Fabrangan. My name is Rabbi Levi Afsin from Linksfield Show. And you're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. We'll be back in just a moment. Chai FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. This is Rabbi Levi Afsin. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. And we are Fabrangan. And what we've been trying to explore together at this Fabrangan, the day after Yom Kippur, a few days before Sukkot, and in the lead-up of the great, super happy days of Shemini Atzeret and Simchas Torah, what we're trying to explore together is the idea of what joy means in 2020, but what joy means in general. You know, you go to a wedding... Go to a, a, a go to a, a real beautiful Jewish wedding, and you'll see that at the chuppah people are serious, because that's what happens. They are standing under the canopy; they're serious, and immediately after the chuppah, it breaks out in joy. And what's going on really is that the same emotions which were being manifest seriously are now being manifest in joy. What do I mean? You're standing at the wedding; you're like, wow. This is serious business. You know, I'm marrying my child off. My cousin's getting married. My friend's getting married. Wow, this is serious. And then it's like, wow, this is awesome. (laughs) It's two sides of the same coin. I'm not talking about sadness and joy. I'm talking about seriousness and joy. So therefore, you could have somebody crying at their child's wedding from emotion. On the other hand, they raised this kid for 20, 25, 30 years, and now they're letting the kid, you know, to build their life. It's serious, and it might even be hard and semi-sad, you know, and at the same time, beautiful and magnificent and glorious and, and everything else that you can imagine. Because that's how the dichotomy of life is, that what the same thing that could make you serious about life makes you happy about life. So for example, Ashreinu Matov Chalkeinu, how lucky and blessed we are to be celebrating this Chagim, to be part of this nation. That feeling on the one hand could be like, wow, this is, this is, this is awesome. The responsibility is incredible. And that can manifest in seriousness. I'm a Yom Kippur. And the other thing can manifest in the same thing rather can manifest in joy. Wow. But if I'm showing up to Yom Kippur and my, I'm, all I'm manifesting is, oh gosh, just God, don't kill me. Just give me another year. Please. Oh, please, please then that doesn't really manifest in joy. But if I'm showing up from Yom Kippur from a place of snariousness, like I want to connect, I want to be in the zone, I'm here, I'm locked in, like let's do this together, 25 hours in the zone with the the, the davening and the fasting, and I'm getting there, I'm getting there, Hashem, let me get there with you. Then that exact 
exact feeling, that exact thought rather, can experience itself in joy a few days later. And something like, wow, I'm in it. That's so cool. It's so awesome. Ashrenu, I'm blessed. I'm gl- This is the most amazing thing for me. That's really the challenge of each and every one of us in this time. Our challenge to each and every one of us is to not only learn how to be serious about our Judaism, but to be happy. Not only to be serious about COVID, but to be joyous. We're here, seven months later. We're, 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 we're feeling it. We're tapped in. We're, we're, we're in, we're in the zone. We're in the zone, friends. We're in the zone. And that's what Sukkot and Simchas Torah are. They, they allow us a different version, a different release of, of what we what we're feeling. And this year of COVID, what can you be grateful for? What can you celebrate for? And how will you celebrate it? If you did such a good job being serious on Yom Kippur alone in your home, can you and I figure out how to be joyous alone in our home? Not watching comedy, but being joyous. And maybe even breaking out in a, in a dance, in a tensile, just breaking out out of, a, out of a place of, you know, how blessed I am, how beautiful it is. Ashrenu, how lucky, how blessed, how magnificent, how how truly blessed we are. Can you feel that? Can you allow yourself to feel that? That's really the challenge each and every one of us has as we are celebrating Sukkot and Simchas Torah to ask ourselves, do I know how to do this? Do I know how to accept and celebrate what I'm feeling in a joyous way? This is 101.9 High FM. And this is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Show on the High FM. And we are in the last few minutes of our show just before Sukkot 2020. Zman Simchatenu, the time of our joy when we're going to sit the sukkah shlomecha in the, in the sukkah of peace, we're going to bring the four species, the lulav, the etrog, the hadas, and arava, the four beautiful, you know, vegetation that we celebrate sukkot with, and we're going to unite them all. We're going to bring it into ourselves. We're going to take in this incredible energy, because that's really what sukkot is, sitting under God's energy, bringing the lulav to your heart, downloading the energy into yourself. We're going through it. We're going to a place of joy. And I challenge you, friends. I challenge myself. If we did so well on being serious and taking our Roshan and Yom Kippur in a beautiful way, as many of us did, I challenge you to try to get into the zone of joy for the next two weeks. To, to feel that feeling of joy. Because seriousness, unfortunately, is too natural for us. In the words of Jewish mysticism, Ruach HaBehema Yeredesmata, the animal within us, it naturally gravitates so towards downness, maybe more sadness than seriousness, but it's, it's, it's easier for us to get into a zone of seriousness than to get into a zone, a zone of real joy. Joy has to come from within, and it has to express itself in a tangible way. So if you haven't gotten your Lulav and Esrog yet, go get it. Maybe go download some beautiful Jewish music uh, a playlist from YouTube, so you could just play it in your home over the, you know, Sukkot, not on the Chagim, but in the days in between the Cholamoed. Learn a few Jewish to, uh, you know, happy melodies. Get there. Get, get into the zone. Let's, let's get there.
That's really what we're being called upon, to get into the zone, to feel it, to touch it. Simcha, to really feel it in the most personal and internal way, where my heart beats with joy. You know, I have to say for myself, I haven't had true simcha in my life that many times. But the few times that you do have it, you just feel uplifted. You know, siblings getting married or a uh, child is born. You just, you, oh, you just, you know, you feel accomplished. You've done something that's meaningful and accomplished and you're feeling a sense of, you know, healthy pride. It's such a more enriching feeling than the cheap version of joy, which is just to let loose wild, watch a comedy. It's work. It's real work. It's, it's meditation. It's, it's really spending the next few days trying to get into it, thinking thoughts of joy, trying not to bombard ourselves with more stories of corruption and death statistics of COVID. I'm not saying knowing is not important, but sometimes knowing can get in our way. And there's sometimes that being a bit in our own world is not the end of the world. And to just sit there saying, you know what? I'm here. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm healthy. I've lived through 2020 and I've discovered incredible things about myself. We all, that, I'm saying that's what we could all think. We've discovered our tenacity. We've discovered our faith. We've discovered a lot of incredible stuff. So let it express itself through joy. Let us be joyous before God our God, which is the call of our time. Nine days of joy. Zman Simchatein was starting this Friday night, only finishing a week later, went Sunday evening. Let's challenge ourselves to that. My prayer teaching every one of us is that we feel the joy, that we experience the joy, that we realize that joy is not the opposite of the religion, but it's actually the truest expression of religion, of faith. And may we all witness beauty and goodness in our life. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.